Our first report comes from the Phenology Club at the Oak Grove Elementary School in Bloomington. Hi, this is Nathan, Hannah, and Vinny, reporting from Oak Grove Elementary in Bloomington, Minnesota. This week's weather has been sunny and a little chilly with a high of 53 degrees today. We've also had no precipitation this week. With our animal observations, we noticed some dry scat, a bird nest partially made of plastic, and we heard a lot of birds. With our plant observations, we noticed the oak still has some leaves and the same green plants as the last week. We are wondering what kind of bird would use plastic in its nest. That's all for today. Stay tuned for the next OGE Phenology Club Nature episode. Keep soaring! (laughs) Yeah, well, soar on by that uh, bird nest. You know, my limited experience with bird nests, and and I've noticed a few over the years, and uh, we'll be talking about bird nests uh, in the phenology show later this morning because uh, I've had a couple of run-ins with birds and nests in the last week myself. But what kind of bird would use plastic in its nest? The one bird that comes to mind is the great crested flycatcher. It's a bird of the summers. It's a gorgeous bird. It has kind of a grayish-brown back and a kind of a very pale sort of a yellowish breast. And it's the one that sits out in the woods and goes, Weep! Weep! And you will hear it this summer. You won't hear it now. But over the aeons that we have been observing birds... It's often noted that the great crested flycatcher puts a snakeskin in its nest. And some people have speculated that that might be as a way of scaring away predators. I can't say for sure, but I do know that the great crested flycatcher is one bird that oftentimes puts odd things in its nest as a, I don't know, as maybe the feng shui of the great Crested flycatcher's nest includes a little bit of plastic. I, I can't say for sure, but that's my best guess. Great crested flycatcher. Check we, it out. Look it up. It's a gorgeous bird. You both scared me, and I loved it. What's the sound? What's the call again? <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just want to make weep. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear it. <laughs> Not this week, but uh, you know, later that later on this spring, you'll hear the great crested flycatcher, and ho- hopefully, you'll you'll get a chance to see one in your garden. They oftentimes come down and sit on fence posts or fences. Uh, they wag their tails like a lot of the flycatchers, like the Phoebes. They're uh, they're they're in that in that group, and they have a lot of fun. And I have a lot of fun with them. Our next report comes from Kelly Nelson's class at the Saint Croix Preparatory Academy in Stillwater. This is Nolan and Ben with the Fanaji report from the week of February fifth through the ninth from Miss. Nelson's fourth grade class at St. Croix Preparatory Academy in Stillwater. This week we saw many deer prints, deer scat, and deer trails along with a few mystery prints. Some of us think the mystery print is from a skunk or a fox, and some of us think it might be a lynx. We noticed the bright red and purple colors of the dogwoods and saw a hairy woodpecker. We also found a decaying log where it looks like he has drilled many holes that could be a home. 
On our way back to our classroom today, we saw four Canadian geese flying overhead. Then a few minutes later, we saw one more slowpoke goose trying to catch up. Look at a track or a squirrel in a tree. Notice nature phenology. <laughs> Look at a track or a squirrel in a tree and notice nature. You won't be sorry. Uh, yeah, their mystery track is uh, is quite interesting. We posted it on um, Season Watch, and you can go there and read some of the comments. My first impression and looking at the track was that it was uh, a bear because it has uh, four obvious toes, perhaps a fifth, but they run across in a straight line and usually like... A dog, the toes are, are more arranged in an arc, and there's an X in the middle of the track. And a cat, the toes are also in an arc, and, and there's more of a rounded paw print behind it. The heel of the, of the foot is, is more um, in, in an arc. So sometimes people will tell you that the track of a cat has the letter C and the track of a dog has the letter X. This has neither. Check it out. Most uh, most of you who have looked at it already have uh, said bear, and I tend to agree. I think it is the paw print of a bear. As always, if you are out and you're tracking um, and you come across a track and you want to photograph it to help get some uh, idea of what it might be, lay something down next to it. I often put my pocket knife down next to the track because I know how big my pocket knife is. And that gives me a scale that I can then gauge how big this track is. So uh, always try to ha offer something, a hat, a mitten, your foot, anything that you're carrying with you that will give an observer some idea of the scale. So uh, interesting. I'm glad you're getting out and looking at that stuff. That's very cool in the St. Croix area. Not at all unusual to see a bear following along the edge of a railroad track. That's a good travel for them because usually the railroad tracks have a corridor of trees around them that kind of give them sort of protection. Our next report comes from Deanne Trottier's class at Eagle View Elementary School in Pequot Lakes. This is the phonology report from Eagle View Elementary School for the week of February 6th through 12th. 2024. The temperature went back to normal this week with highs in the 20s and low 30s. We have a sprinkling of snow on the ground with lots of grass still peeking through. Our bird feeders are still busy with lots of chickadees, downy woodpeckers, and blue jays every day. We have spotted a flock of cedar waxwings in our crab apple trees. There have been some noisy crows and bald eagles flying about our school. We keep a list of animals we have spotted each month, and we don't have a lot for February yet. A few gray squirrels have been checking out the bird feeders, and we have a lot of deer tracks in the snow. Eagleview students are learning about dark skies this week and how important darkness is for animals that live nearby, especially nocturnal animals such as bats and owls. We are lucky to live in a place where we can see stars at night and sometimes even northern lights. This is Mackenzie and Nina reporting from, from Pequot, Pequot Lakes. Take, Take a, a night walk this week and check out the dark sky.
Good advice. Take a night walk and check out the dark sky. You won't be disappointed. Hopefully it'll be a night when there's a clearing situation and you can check out some stars and maybe that crescent moon off in the west. Uh, Spotted a flock of cedar waxwings. I got an email from Pete McDonald over in Bemidji who was talking about a huge flock of small dark birds that he didn't get close enough to get an identification on, but there were several other notes in the season watch page and just uh, around the internet of a large flock of maybe five to six thousand um, cedar wax wings in the Bemidji area. Now I don't know if that flock is still there, but it, and of course it breaks up into smaller flocks all the time. But there was a large flock of cedar wax wings in the Bemidji area, so check those out. They're a beautiful bird. Our next report comes from. Long Lake Conservation Center Center near Palisade. It's brought to you by the students from St. Mary's School in Melrose and Sacred Heart School in Freeport. The phonology report for Long Lake Conservation Center for February 7th through the 9th comes from Claire at St. Mary's Melrose and Parker from Sacred Heart in Freeport. The high temperature during our visit was 48 degrees. Fahrenheit and the low temperature was 24 degrees. We had clouds, sun, rain, wind, and snow. While out hiking, we noticed clumps of deer hair in the snow, a bald eagle in a high tree, mushrooms of different colors and shapes, well, growing on trees. There were green strawberry plants and green hepalictus leaves on the forest floor. A winter crane fly was seen. Ironwood leaves are still hanging onto the branches. We observed a new beaver chews and bright new logs on the top of their beaver lodge. Naturalist Katie taught us that beavers don't poop in their lodge. They hang their bottoms out the door and go. We found pitcher plants along the edges of Long Lake and in the bog. Some were starting to look green, and a few looked like an animal had eaten them. The lake is six inches deep, and we noticed lots of frozen bubbles in the ice. We found a caterpillar crawling across the snow on the lake. Closer to campus, we noticed gray squirrels, red squirrels, blue jays, chickadees, nuthatches, and a pileated woodpecker. The fresh snow that greeted us on Friday morning made some of us happy and others not very much. Neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor hail shall keep us from enjoying nature. So unplug, get outside, and live connected. Thank you. Nice report. Lots of things going on there. As always, uh, some good observations. A caterpillar crawling across the ice. They don't describe it. But I think if it were a willy bear, they would have given it a name. My suspicion is that it was probably one of the tussock moth caterpillars, maybe the tanukid moth. But they are yellow with highlights. Some have black lines on them. Some have uh, uh, red. Some have little... I'm closing my eyes and trying to imagine all of the different... Uh, moths that are in the tussock or caterpillars that are in the tussock moth 
group, and there are a lot, most predominantly white, pale yellow, and black. But if you find a really hairy wood, uh, woolly caterpillar right now, if it's not uh, red on each end with a black line in the middle, then it is, uh, then it is probably more than likely it'll be belonging to the group of uh, of caterpillars that sort of represent that group of moths that include the tanukid and several other of the uh, tussock moths that we see around in the summer. Our next report comes from Darcy Rolf and Lee Jackson's classes at the North Shore Community School near Duluth. Hello from North Shore Community School on the North Shore of Lake Superior. This is the phonology report for the week of February 3rd, 2024. My name is Iris May and I am your phonologist for this week. On Thursday, February 8th, we woke up to it raining in Duluth Township. The rain continued into the afternoon, causing Anasias to have indoor recess. We have had indoor recess in February before, but because of very cold wind chills, never because of rain. According to the U.S. National Weather Service, Duluth averages 90.2 inches of snow a year per the 1991 to 2020 climate normals. Last year, Duluth recorded 140.1 inches of snow, the snowiest on record. Current snowfalls as of Friday, February 2nd, are only 17.1 inches. On Monday, February 5th, Duluth's high record temp of 50 degrees broke the previous high temp record this day of 45 degrees, set back in 1877. This day was the first time Duluth has hit 50 degrees since November 18th. As Miss Jackson was out for an afternoon walk on Monday, February 5th, it felt like an April spring day. The dirt road was muddy and the chickadees were singing their cheeseburger call. In the past few days, Eloise's family noticed that there are many more birds than we usually have at this time of year. They also noticed that birds have been much more active and vocal. The Audubon Society noticed that the warm weather this winter has disrupted many birds' normal migratory flights. The abnormally warm temperatures have caused some people to tap their maple trees. Although we have not tapped at NSCS yet, capillary action has caused freezing at night temperatures and thawing daytime temperatures, means that sap has been running the past week. We don't know yet if the earlier start of the sap season means that trees will bud out sooner than past years. Once the buds burst and the leaves start unfurling, the maple sap gets bitter taste and is no longer desirable for making syrup. On Wednesday, February 7th, several skunks were spotted in multiple places in the two harbors in Duluth area. On the same day, Miss Rolf's dog was sprayed by a skunk right around 7 a.m. in this woods edge of their yard, creating a cloud of odor all around her home. Last week, the preschoolers built a snow person and decorated it with bird seeds, cracked corn, and nuts. Trail camera photos showed many different animals visiting, including red squirrels, chickadees, 
white-tailed deer, cottontails, and a flying squirrel. Flying squirrels don't actually fly. They glide on skin flaps that are between their front and hind legs. They're shy and nocturnal, which is why Miss Urban was so excited to see one on the trail camera. On Thursday, February 8th, Tamara found some canine scat in school forest and investigated it with the help of Miss Urban and some classmates. They found orange peels, apples, and a star-nosed mole paws prints in the scat. They knew it was a star-nosed mole because of the distinct front paws with the big palm and long nails suitable for digging. They think it is the most likely a fox. Miss Jackson's class measured 3.5 inches of ice on Smith Creek at school on Tuesday, February 6th. The trail was muddy, and only a sparse amount of snow is on the ground on our school nature trail. This concludes the phonology report. Have a great week, and be observant. Thank you for that great report. Those kids over at Duluth really do a nice job, and I love the idea... Pardon me, I love the idea that they actually dug through the scat to see what was in it. That that speaks of curiosity. I would do the same thing. I was just I gonna mean, say you would have done that. I would have done that. You have I done would have, that. I would have gotten two sticks and I would have pried okay. it apart and looked in and seen what was in there. And the paws of a star nosed mole lots of star nosed moles are out there. They habitat areas near water. They like water. They're at ease in water, and they are completely comfortable uh, getting wet, so they don't mind water. Um, they, they have these monster paws that are pretty easy to identify when you see them, and I'm not surprised that the kids were able to figure out that it was a star-nosed mole. Thank you for those reports. We will continue with our student reports uh, in about, oh, 45 minutes, and we will be talking with uh, the KAXE Phenology Coordinator, Charlie Mitchell, at that time, and we'll have her take on a lot of these notes as well, so stay tuned for that. It is 745, and you are tuned in to member-supported KAXE. I'm Heidi Holton with John Latimer. Joining us now is Charlie Mitchell, our Phenology Coordinator. Morning, Charlie. All right, we will get to Charlie in just a moment here. <laughs> How about now? Yes. Oh, there's Charlie. Hey. Perfect. Good morning. Okay. <laughs> Good old technological issues. Got to love Well, it. you know what? I am so thrilled that they afflict the <laughs> experienced and knowledgeable as well as those of us who are just flailing around in blind ignorance. <laughs> it's not just you who's cursed. <laughs> no kidding. Well, we've got uh, uh, we've still got a few reports to get to today. Um, how many came in this week? What do we have total? Uh, we had seven this week. Seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then Early February. Not bad. Not bad at all. And some pretty good observations. Lots of great things that track that uh, most yeah. people seem to think was a bear track. Um. I mentioned uh, the need when you're looking at tracks to put something next to the track for scale. Uh, I tried mm-hmm. to decide whether that leaf down there was, you know, a young leaf off of an aspen or a big aspen leaf or just what was it? Was that rock an inch across or four inches across? <laughs> yeah, no way of knowing without some kind of a, a clue in the picture. So 
Uh, and the bears come in different size scales, too, which just makes everything harder. Don't they, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had that and, uh, and yeah, and some other mysteries, the plastic in the bird's nest, which got uh, got a little conversation started here. That was pretty interesting as well. Um, I think, my own personal opinion, great crested flycatcher, but I didn't see the nest and uh, and I don't know for sure, but I'd be... I'd love to have that experience. I have seen the nests of great crested flycatchers before, and sometimes there's little strips of plastic in there, and sometimes there's snakeskins in there, which is what the old literature said, that uh, oftentimes the great crested flycatcher would pick up a shed snakeskin and put it in their, in their uh, nest as a, maybe as a deterrent from predators. But lots of speculation there and not a lot of science. Yep. Hey. Like having some really like cool tattoos just in your nest might yeah. scare off, you know, any predators coming away. Right? <laughs> there you go. Fashionable yeah. is what I thought. Oh. Snake skin yeah. up there. You, you know? know. My favorite was the star nosed mole paws oh, found yes. in a fox scat. Mm-hmm. So cool. I yeah. wrote the teacher to see if she happened to get a picture of it. Because if she did, I really want to put it to the website. But we'll oh find yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's the beauty of, of being outside. You run into stuff like that. And a lot of people just, you know, they walk by it and they go, ugh, scat. But for some of us, it's like, hey, let's get some sticks and see what's inside. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can yep. confirm. And we've yeah. got two people right now that definitely do that. Oh, I yeah. Would I would uh, Give me the sticks. Mm-hmm. No, no, I saw it first. <laughs> I'm, due to my time with John Latimer, I might take a second look, but I'm not probably grabbing a stick to look around. Yeah, so. well. Mm-hmm. You know, it. Uh, you never know. Yeah. I remember once finding a scat full of chicken feet, lots and lots and lots and lots of chicken feet. And that's when I discovered that my neighbor had slaughtered his chickens about a week before and uh, the coyotes had come by and had a dinner oh. of chicken feet. All right. Which they didn't seem to process all that well. <laughs> they were pretty identifiable as chicken feet at the other end. So I am, I'm not sure that I'd make a meal out of chicken feet. It's uh, at, not my favorite cut. <laughs> at least it wasn't an illicit burglary of, you know, live chickens. Yes, right. How did That's this coyote best. eat 14 live chickens? <laughs> well, let's. we've got a couple more reports to get to this morning. Yeah, we're going to start with uh, uh, Colin Cody's class at West Rapids Elementary School in Grand Rapids. Mr. Cody's class from West Elementary in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. It was an unseasonably warm day, 38 to 42 degrees Fahrenheit. It was overcast with little to no wind. We spent most of the day in class talking about our Then we observed several plants around the pond. Mullion, primrose, black-eyed Susan, and more. The grasses are way more visible these days. As always, go onward and onward. Mr. C's class. <laughs> A coordinated effort. The entire class stepped up. 
Uh, they're a good group. Lots of fun with that crowd, and I will be seeing them again this afternoon. We do have a twig experiment going in their classroom, and they had, like, their uh, red elderberry had burst open. There were leaves and flower heads. Uh, the, the catkins on the speckled alder had distended and were giving off pollen. They wanted me to snap the the catkins so they could see the pollen fly. And I said, well, I hope nobody in the class has hay fever. We're going to find out. <laughs> but, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that group. They're a good group, and uh, we did. We we identified the mullion. We, we pointed out how mullion and primrose are both biennials. They create a, a rosette of leaves that lays pretty much flat on the ground from the first year. And in the second year, then they come up and flower. And so, yeah. Anything to add there, Charlie? <clears throat> oh, I just, I, I love hearing your students talk about their adventures outside with you. I was wondering how their twig experiment is going. Well, they're doing quite well. Uh, some, as always, you know, they're like the speckled alders and the red elderberries. They just seem to jump at the opportunity. Tamarack is another one that really gets going right right quick and shows a lot of sign and and all of those were taking place in the classroom and kids are diligently writing their notes they're checking on them every day and they're making notes about what they're seeing for some kids it's a little tough because their assigned plant is not doing anything but i tell them that's just as important as those that are doing something you just need to write down nothing happened no change so uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun a lot of a lot of fun to have the kids get out and mm-hmm. sort of experience what's going to happen in April and early May and see it now because then when it happens in in April maybe maybe April maybe late March for some of those plants this year uh it'll be fun to follow Our next report comes from the uh science and nature program at uh, Angie Nistler's uh, Science and Nature Adventure Program at the Bemidji Middle School. Hi, I'm Mason. And I'm Kieran. And, and we, we are, are giving, giving the phenology, phenology report from for, the SNAP for, program at Bemidji Middle School. This past week, the observations the students have had are geese returning, other flocks of birds returning, more beavers walking around and the sap from maple trees are even running in some areas. Other things that were observed in our area because of the unseasonable weather is the snow melting, higher than normal temperatures, much less ice on the banks of the Mississippi River, and a thin layer of crunchy snow. Be careful out there. The lakes are not as safe even in Bermidgee, Minnesota. Red squirrels were witnessed as well as foxes and bobcat. Many deer are gathering together too. We were not able to snowshoe as planned, so we checked our bushcraft shelters and saw animal tracks in the snow, mostly deer, but some other small animals too. We checked on the beaver lodge in the wetland that has had some activity around it. It was more like late April and not early February. Until Until next time, snap to it, get into the wild and be observant. And think snow. (laughs) Will the thinking help? (laughs) I don't know. 
It, well, I guess it doesn't hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I love a good superstition. That's all we can say. It, it's snowing now, mm-hmm. and and I would say it's uh, it's not exactly the main thought of everybody in the area because uh, it's snowing rather lightly. So maybe just two or three of you are out there thinking <laughs> snow, and that's why it's just coming down so light. We'll see. Lots of good things in there. The red squirrels. It reminded me that I have seen red squirrels sort of chasing around right now and this is preparatory to their breeding season so uh, males and females usually female in the lead male chasing and uh, doesn't matter how fast she goes the male will keep up she can run flat out or she can saunter and either way the male is going to be kind of hanging back but right behind her and sometimes there might be two males in this uh game and if you watch they'll circle the tree sort of like the stripes on a barber pole up and down and out on branches and back in and yeah it's uh, it's all about that kind of a time of year for the red squirrels our final report this morning was sent in as a printout and uh, charlie i'm going to ask you to do the honors on that one if you will this is from uh, nate linder's fifth grade class in Cohasset. You bet. They said, our class started our twig experiment two weeks ago, and we are starting to see some changes in the branches. The tamarack is starting to leaf out, the silver maple is flowering, and the buckthorn buds are expanding. The dogwood has not changed. One of our willows has fuzzy buds, while the other has not made any changes. The rest of our branches have not changed. Our class also observed some ducks flying overhead on Saturday. People also saw swans flying in the sky. Austin said little Jay Gould decreased an inch of ice last week. Many class members saw deer being active on the side of the roads. Austin said they saw a buck with antlers on their trail camera. We are looking forward to another week of observations. Thank you for listening. Like Mr. Latimer always says, onward and awkward. <laughs> a great tagline. Yeah, onward on their part and mm-hmm. awkward on mine, as always. You know, the interesting thing, uh, lots of interesting things in there, but the one thing that caught my ear was that they somebody had a picture on a trail cam of a buck still with its antlers and this is not unusual but this is kind of getting toward the end of that season the latest i ever had a confirmed observation of a deer with antlers was april 8th so by now most of the more active bucks have dropped their antlers but some of them just, you know, they, they just don't get around to it until uh, until they really feel the need. So uh, some some deer still out there with antlers on them, and maybe you'll get a picture of one on your trail cam as well. What else you got, Charlie? Oh, uh, I realize that we've been talking about the twig experiment this whole time, but yeah. haven't actually talked about what it is. Oh, yeah, maybe you could spell it out for us. <laughs> sure. Uh as, as I understand it, the class goes out and harvests some twigs from different um, species of shrubs and trees, bring them inside and keep an eye on them, uh, put them in a bucket of water and see how long it takes for them to flower and to leaf out. Is that correct, John? That is. If you're thinking of doing this yourself, and now is an excellent time of year to do it, uh, once a week you need to nip off about a quarter inch of the bottom of each of those branches because... Uh, the the vascular nature of the plant that sucks the water up and and promotes the development of the flower or leaf on the branch uh those those little tubes can get plugged 
and do get plugged. And so it's necessary to kind of give them a fresh start every week or so, just cut off a little tiny chunk off the bottom so that they get more water back up the stem. And then they're only going to go so far. You're not going to get, uh, you're not going to force a, uh, an apple branch into having apples. It just, uh, there's just not enough energy in the branch itself, but, uh, certainly, uh, an opportunity to see how plants develop and whether or not they start off with a flower or start off with a, with a leaf. And some like the red buried elder start off with both. So, yeah. It's a cool experience. Last year I did it and uh I had a red osier dogwood that I had found someone had trimmed their their um landscaping. Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed all the branches and brought them home because they were pretty and put them in water and by accident also did a trim twig experiment. And uh along the way they grew roots and I was able to plant them. Oh my. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they did that, but well that uh, was fun. And red osier dogwood is um I think it is, I don't know if it's defined as stoloniferous, but uh, it does root, uh, you know, the the branch will arch over and come in contact with the ground and it will set roots there. And and that's what strawberries do. And those are called stolons. And uh, I think that red osier dogwood will do the same thing. So having them root in the water like that is probably just what they would do if they were you know, brought to the ground and, and brought in contact with, uh, with moisture and, and nourishment and soil. So John, the, if that's, oh, I was going to say, Heidi. John, the lover of words that sounded made up to me, but now that you, you explained it stolen, stoloniferous, yeah. a stolen S T L O N is, oh. uh, is the branch. Like look at your strawberry plants. They send out a branch. It hits the ground. It roots there and starts another plant. And if I'm not mistaken, Red osier dogwood, maybe, now this is from too many years ago to be accurate, but I think it is Cornus stolonifera, but don't quote me, go look it up. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to talk about some of the events that you can be a part of and learn more about phenology.